0: amen amen oh my goodness this is as close as we're getting I, w- I wanted to say it's good to see you but in my heart I am seeing you and I'm so thankful again that we get to worship God like this real time you know uh just a-, a shout out again to the team that poured in the effort so that we could get as close as we possibly can like this in this season thank God for them I have some things on my heart I want to share but Uh, Some of you I haven't met, and I want to just tell you, if I haven't had the privilege of meeting you yet, uh, my name is Dennis, and I get to serve as lead pastor of this beautiful move of God's Spirit called the Bridge Church. And I look forward to meeting you virtually or in person, however, but I'm just looking forward to meeting you. Uh, One of the things I have on my heart as I was praying about this message and praying about today and praying specifically for you, what hit my heart was Psalm 145. Verse 8, Psalm 145, verse 8. And I'm gonna share it in a second, but I, I did want to just put a little bug in your ear. Because we are worshiping real time, would you do me a flavor? I call it a flavor. Would you do me a flavor and just help reach out to people and let them know, hey, we're live streaming right now. Anything is possible, we are more connected than what we have been in a while. So that rhythm. That grace rhythm of meeting at 10 a.m. together, to lift up holy hands, to sing to God together, that thing is important, and especially in chaotic times. So I did want to say before I read Psalm 145, verse 8, help get the word out. Come on back in, come on back in. That, that uh, demand thing, video on demand, I like that too, but this is, this is real time, this is real time. And so if you can join in with that, I would appreciate uh, you helping to get the word out. Psalm 145, verse 8 is a restatement of the Lord's character. Basically, in some way, it's like Holy Spirit inspired King David, uh, Prophet David to uh, repin or rehearse a lyric that he'd already heard from Moses. Right? Some of you are familiar with it. You say, oh yeah, I, I recall that from Moses. Yeah, you recall that from Moses, but you can see this statement of God's character throughout the scripture, and it is important for us today. So I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation, and and I'm going to try to proclaim it and and just trumpet the excellencies of our God that you can see and you can read and that God intends as an invitation toward us to know him better. And it reads, the Lord is merciful. Yeah, the Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. I ought to read it one more time. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. Aren't you glad the Lord is merciful? Yeah. I have a few people in the room helping to uh, share this service, and I heard them say, "Mm mm-hmm, yeah. And I bet you're saying the same thing. You could put that in the chat room. You could put, "Mm mm-hmm, yes, I am. (laughs) I am glad the Lord is merciful. How about this? Are you glad that he's compassionate? Yeah, that he has a slowness toward anger. I'm so thankful for that, that he's filled with unfailing love. We love that in God, and we love those characteristics in people. Don't you love that? Don't you love merciful people? Oh, my goodness. Put merciful people around me, because I make a lot of mistakes, y'all. I need mercy. I don't know about the rest of you. I don't know if it resonates with you the same way, but for me, I need the Lord's mercy. I can tell you, we just celebrated, uh, my wife, me, and I just celebrated 10 years of marital bliss, (laughs) y'all. 10 years. Can you imagine how much mercy I have received from the Lord and from my wife? (laughs) For the times when I put my foot in my mouth and then she starts crying and then I got to console her. Mercy, y'all, it's mercy. When I didn't respond to something in a way that helped her to know that I was excited and that I was for her, mercy. Or that time when, you know what, I, I, I stop myself right here. I'm not going to tell all my business on Sunday morning. I'm not going to tell all my business up here. But when I deserved punishment, I received love. When I deserved uh, the punishment, I received forgiveness. Mm. I received kindness. And so I can't really talk about the mercy of God very calmly because when I really start thinking about his mercy, I start thinking about situation after situation where his mercy came in and blessed me and touched me. It's one of those things that when I think of the stories of God's mercy, Sometimes I speak in tongues of thankfulness or tear streams start falling down my face or I just bust into a song because the mercy of God is just that inspiring. His love makes me sing. His mercy endures forever. I know why that's written in the scripture because knuckleheads like me have those kind of stories where we say, when I think about the goodness and the mercy of Jesus, yeah, I'm going to sing him a song. Yeah, I'm going to live for him because what I deserved, that's not what I got. (laughs) <laughs> That's not what I got. <laughs> Thank you, God, for being merciful, full of mercy and compassion. Oh, my goodness. I think about his mercy and the wrongs I've done, and that could have been and what should have been. But God, rich in mercy, poured out his unfailing love. Oh, goodness. I'm looking around the room and I see testimonies of God's mercy. Oh, see me through the lens of mercy. I can think of times, and you can too, probably where I can think of a time where I should have fallen off of a cliff. It was a a wet, rainy day. Should have fallen off a cliff and went toward that direction. But God in his mercy, mercy is kindness. Those times when we should have been, oh, yeah, I got to leave that alone. That'll take me to a whole thing. But the testimonies of God's mercy in our lives, that's got to stay real. That's got to stay present. That's got to stay in the forefront of our thinking. I'm not teaching on it today, but it reminds me of when the the Holy Spirit said through the Apostle Paul, in view of God's mercy, in view of God's mercy, that if I'm living for God, I'm viewing his mercy, his mercy. I'm remembering his mercy and I'm allowing who he is and what he has done to move me and motivate me. And I'm grateful that I belong to a compassionate church who remembers the mercies of God in their own lives and lives out that mercy, extends it to others. And God's spirit is wooing us, calling us to agree more aggressively with the Lord's heart and displaying mercy to our circle, our circles of friends. We're going to talk about that this morning. So as we have received it from God, we can give it to others. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you felt a little bit of an ouch there, you want to want to lean in because if we have received it, mercy from God, then we can extend it to others. Now, there were three areas highlighted for us over the rest of this year. We can think about it like that in this series, Mid-Course Corrections, you and Jesus, you and your circles and you and the bridge. Today, we're going to drill into you and your circles. Now, next week, we're going to drill into you and the bridge. And we're going to have a very special time of communion where we remember Christ sacrifice for us, where we thank him for how he has graced our multiracial church and ask him to make us more of a blessing of healing to our world and especially our nation right now. It's rough. It's rough in the nation, but God has given us the blessing of a church called the Bridge and so many other churches in the world. But it's unique what we have. And as we are praying into it and pressing into it to understand how God would position us to be reconcilers, to be peacemakers, to be those who offer healing to a world that can't understand how all of us at the bridge can look so different and come together week in and week out. God is working something and we're going to have a special time of communion. So mark that on your calendar. Go on and get your communion supplies ready. It's going to be powerful. So with that said, we're going to go further into you and your circles today. And God's heart to release mercy, compassion, his slowness to anger and unfailing love through us, through us to our circles of influence in greater measure. Greater measure, greater measure. Okay, I know it's challenging. Greater measure, greater measure. That means I was exercising mercy at one layer. But in order to agree with God, I'm going to have to exercise it at the next level. I need the faith for that. Holy Spirit, impart faith to us. Holy Spirit, impart faith to us, even as your word goes forth. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your mercy, compassion, your slowness to anger, and your unfailing love. Where we deserved death or the grave, you said no. You sent Jesus for us. And we thank you. We're asking for a greater measure of your mercy today in us, and through us, to our various networks and camps, circles of influence. Lord Jesus, really help us release more of heaven in our circles of influence, to your glory, our joy, and the benefit of those connected to us in this prophetic hour. We ask in faith that we don't lose heart, but that we press in for more of you to share you. In Jesus' name, we're praying. We're asking. We're believing. Somebody say amen. So when I say you and your circle, I'm talking about you and your relationships, both personal and professional. Both personal and professional. And, and one of the ways we speak of the circle of influence at the bridge, you and your circles, is where you live, where you work, where you learn, and, you're, and where you play. I believe that if our church Is not equipping you to make a tangible difference, challenging you, encouraging you, exhorting you to make a tangible difference, to increase making a difference in those areas, to remain missional. To somebody say, uh, "Stay on mission, stay on the mission." I know we're in a pandemic, but stay on the mission. If, if we're not doing that, then, yo, we're failing. But if we are doing that, glory to God, and we are on track, and as God is my witness and he supplies us with the strength, we're going to stay on mission. We're going to stay on mission. We're gonna, I'm so thankful that God gives mission and purpose. I'm so glad he does that in Christ Jesus. I can think of so many times I would have been shipwrecked and derailed just out for the count if God had not given me a word of purpose to keep me on track. So that though the winds are blowing and stuff is crazy, I'm able somehow in the grace of God to say, Lord, I'm weak and I need your help. I'm depending on you. Oh, help us to stay. Help us to stay on mission. Help us to stay on track. Earlier, I was praying in two an expression. I said, I want us to have prophetic understanding of the times we are in. And I want to just unpack it just enough so you understand. Pastor, what are you talking about? Prophetic understanding. I'm talking about, I want us to see our lives and what is happening in our world through the lens of what the scriptures already said would happen. Already said would happen. You have to remember your Bible, the scripture, that's a prophetic book from God. It's a prophetic book, and as mysterious as it is in parts, and seemingly so, it is a divinely inspired book that speaks to past, present, future, and beyond. The Bible got a whole bunch to say. (laughs) When we see all that is happening in our world, yeah, we're, we're very upset by it, but we're not surprised. We're upset, yeah, we feel upset, but we're not surprised. Because when you have chapters like Matthew 24, you got Hebrews 6, you got Isaiah, you got Ephesians, you got Revelation, you got Joel, you got Daniel, Ezekiel, and Zechariah, We, we got the heads up. These things must come. These things must happen. Thanks be to God that he gives us a word in advance. And we know why he does that. He's gracious and he's kind. He says, hey, Guys, I want you to shine a light in this stuff. I'm telling you what's going to happen and what's going to be. I'm telling you how to position your heart before me so that I can come through you, so that I can draw people to myself. Aren't you thankful for that? Aren't you thankful that God doesn't have us completely in the dark? There's lots of darkness, but he gives us enough to say, Lord, I need to cling to you. You have all the answers. So I just want to help us understand the conditions a, a, a little bit more. I want to help us understand the conditions a little bit more in which God is calling us to agree more aggressively with his spirit in our circles where we live, work, learn and play. The conditions, understanding them can help us to be more strategic in our circles of influence. Some of you already know where this message is going. You can feel it. I think about things like Ephesians chapter two, verses one through 12, excuse me, one through two. Where the scripture says, and you were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once lived, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. What? Following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. I think of scriptures like 1 John five nineteen that tell us that uh, we know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Wait a minute. I thought that. Wait, is that right? First John 519. You've heard me mention and talk about and some of you are familiar uh, journalistically with the zeitgeist. This is spirit of the times. It helps us to know in different periods what was going on, how people were thinking, what were their attitudes, moods and mindsets just uh, holistically. And the zeitgeist, the spirit of the times that we are in, they have these factors of, oh, yeah, a global pandemic. crazy it's impacted every sphere of life as we know it global economic upheaval racial wars and and I believe that we're 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 coming into a time of healing even in America and we know healing hurts recovery hurts we have a presidential election around the corner And, and and this is this is you, I think some of you agree with me. I think we have way too much bad information at our disposal that we can't do anything about. We know way too much bad stuff that we cannot positively impact or change. That messes with you. That messes with you. That does not promote hope and joy. I think it promotes sadness. I think it promotes frustration. I think it promotes disillusionment. Now, do you think the upcoming presidential election, the global pandemic, economic upheaval is, helping, making, is helping, matters, uh, helping matters or making them worse? You throw on top of it that there is this influence. There is a demonic, there is a satanic influence that the scripture speaks about. Do you think all of these things are making things better or worse? <laughs> it's like pouring gasoline on a fire already raging fire but understanding the spirit of the times we're in helps us to understand where we are prophetically in the scripture and how to respond and engage God in much prayer for effective wise living that honors God and helps people Lord Jesus I want to know what time it is I want to know what life is supposed to look like right now now those things I shared obviously is not to freak anybody out the feelings of being freaked out we totally understand that. We we all uh, experience those in, in some level. But with those things I mentioned, we have to, as Jesus followers, remember our hope. We have to remember Jesus. We have to remember that we have an even stronger influence than the devil, the spirit of disobedience, in the air, the bad news that we have access to, the political tensions uh, of an election year, the pain of national race wars and recovery. We have Holy Spirit influence. Some of you can say we're under the influence and we mean it by the Spirit of God, under the Spirit of grace influence. I want to tell you something. You carry God's Spirit in you. Just, just repeat that for me. I carry God's Spirit in me Pastor are you making that up No I'm not making that up That's what the Bible says That's what the scripture gives us It's why 1 Corinthians 3:16 says Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you Or 1 Corinthians 6:19 Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you whom you have from God and that you are not your own how about Ezekiel 36 27? You want to talk about prophetic fulfillment. I will put my spirit within you. Thank you Jesus. And cause you to walk in my statutes and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. Or how about Romans eight eleven? But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells where? In you. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Boy, that gets me excited right there because that just starts speaking on so many different layers and so many different levels. You carry Holy Spirit in you wherever you go. Let God show up through you into your circles of influence. Let God show up in you and your circles of influence. I'm going to say it again. Let God show up in you in your circles of influencer. Why? You have a living influencer in you to develop relationship with. One more time. Repeat after me. I carry God's spirit in me. Now, if a person has not received Jesus as their Lord and Savior, then that person does not have God's spirit living on the inside of them. You received Christ. You welcomed Christ's spirit. That means his spirit lives in you. Knowing that is not enough. You have got to invest in that relationship with Holy Spirit. You got to invest in it. Oh, my goodness. You guys, I'm so excited about this. I'm up here sweating. Can you get me something real quick to help me out? Oh, my goodness. Here's something you can join the church in to further invest in this relationship with Holy Spirit. Take 10 with Holy Spirit Bible reading plan, y'all. Come on, come on, come on. I'm not going to tell you all that stuff and then not offer you something practical that you can do if you're not already doing something. But the heart of this, the heart of this daily Bible reading plan with Holy Spirit is for every day. To take 10, er, day. Thank you so much. To take 10 minutes, we got just a minimum. Some of you may be able to do more. Um, but I am, this is not like a, you know how you, sometimes there's things that you do by the season. Oh, I'm going to do this for this X amount of time. You, you, it's a seasonal thing. You know, the, the cycle is, you, you know, you invest in something, then you rest from it. You stress yourself, then release. Stress, release, stress, release, stress. There are certain things that happen programmatically in our lives that are important to do that. But this is something that I'm saying till my dying day. We as a church are going to offer this plan, a take 10 minutes with Holy Spirit daily Bible reading plan where we get light from reading God's word. What do you mean, pastor? Get light. Because last week we talked about this. We talked about how the scripture describes us as being like plants. Plants need light. You and you you and me, we're like plants and plants have to have light. We get light from reading uh, God's word. So we're committing a Bible reading plan every day, every day, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Did he say every day, every day <laughs> where we read 10 minutes every day and ask Holy Spirit to help guide us through the, the reading of the scripture where we ask ourselves two questions. Holy Spirit, what might this passage tell me about God? First question. Second question. What might this passage tell me about people? If you started that Bible reading plan with me yesterday, then you are probably seeing what Psalm 1 has to say about the circles we run in or don't run in, according to Psalm 1, 1 through 3. And I chose a different Bible assignment. Maybe some of you guys did that, too, because I had never been in the Amp C before. Um, it's, it's in terms of a, a consistent thing. But I, I said, oh, I, I should freshen this up since I'm doing something different. So I was led to that one, and I'm not used to that translation as much as I am some of the others. But I needed to freshen up a bit. Maybe you did that too, and maybe that's something you can consider doing so that it's, it, it helps reset the brain a little bit. But let me read it for you from the Amplified Classic. Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable is the man who walks and lives Not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans and purposes, nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest, where the scornful and the mockers gather. But his delight, his delight and desire are in the law of the Lord, and on his law, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God. He habitually meditates, ponders and studies by day and by night. Woo, this is good. This is good. I have to be careful because that makes me want to preach that. But verse 3 says, and he shall be like a tree firmly planted. Well, let me just back up. Let me just back up. He habitually meditates. That is a habit. I'm in the habit of relying on Holy Spirit. Habit says rhythm. It says I'm in the rhythm that regardless of what is happening around me, whatever song the enemy is trying to play, I'm not dancing to that rhythm. I'm going to stay in the rhythm of grace. I'm going to make it my habit today and night. Dwell with God. Rely on Holy Spirit. And, and and let me tell you this. We're not talking about legalism. Our church doesn't really do that. You know how some people, as soon as you start telling them to actually, almost said man up, as soon as you tell them to, <laughs> to take their next step to level up, then they want to start talking about legalism. That's not our church. But sometimes people do that because they misunderstand. If it's important, it is worth doing consistently. Nobody gets mad at anybody else for being excellent in their habits. But as soon as we start talking about relying on God consistently, then people want to start talking about legalism. We're not talking about dead tradition. We're talking about having light and life in dark times. And if you don't know this is dark times, then let me serve you notice. these are dark times. And he shall be, verse three, like a tree firmly planted by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf also shall not fade or wither and everything he does shall prosper and come to maturity. You ought to be excited about that. Not so the wicked. If you run it in the circle of wicked people or wicked like a candle, those disobedient, wicked like wicked like dark. Those disobedient and living without God are not so. But they are like the chaff, worthless, dead, without substance, which the wind whoosh, drives away. You caught that part about what circles to run in and not. It's said that there are people who could care less about God, who advise us against God if we let them, and that it's to our ruin if we follow their advice, their plans, and purposes. Now, that applied to today's message, but verse 6 is my favorite part, but I'm not going to read that because if I do that, then I will definitely rabbit trail to another message. <laughs> Reading the Bible every day with Holy Spirit is one of the ways we turn our hearts toward God for more of God. Somebody say influence. If I have a circle of influence, I better be in the right person's circle of influence. How am I going to influence somebody I'm not allowing myself to be influenced appropriately? That goes spiritually. That goes in the natural. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's influence, light and direction, peace, wisdom and safety in these dark and anxious times. So I want you to join in reading the Bible every day for at least 10 minutes for the rest of your life with me. Can can we make a lifelong commitment to Jesus and do it together? Come on, at least that we're like plants and we need light that comes from depending on God's spirit to read his book. There's a plan that's shared already uh, on this YouTube and our e-newsletters. And so I want you to jump in. Plants take in light and give off oxygen. Now, we take in light from the word, and we give off light. That's what the scripture says. I want to tell you, you have more influence than you think. I just want that to sit in there. You have more influence than you think. Let that sit in if that's challenging you, just pay attention to what Jesus is about to say. I wrote in my notes, don't call Jesus a liar. He said that you, his followers, were the light of the world. That's what he said in Matthew 5:14 through 16. He said, "You, you, I could sub in all of your names right here. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. What? you talking about a light in the house? A light where we live, where we learn, work, learn, and play? Yeah. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You are Christ's light in every one of your circles to agree more aggressively with God. we got to own it. You understand that language? We've got to accept that, and we've got to celebrate that. We've got to rely on the Lord. We've got to depend, and we've got to say, by faith, God, you're not lying. You call me a light of the world, so what does that look like right now? What does that look like in my life? Would you just say what Jesus said about you? Would you just say, I am? Repeat after me, I am the light of the world. Have you ever said that before? It's hard to say, right? Because we, we think about our lives, our real lives, our attitudes, how ugly we can be, just, all, just our real life. And we say, ah, we kind of try to discount ourselves. But that is not the voice of Holy Spirit, is it? That's not Holy Spirit's voice. If there are things that are accusing us in our own um, minds and our thoughts, we've got to deal with those things appropriately, receive the forgiveness that we need, let those things be washed, repent, ask for forgiveness, do whatever we've got to do. But we have got to agree more aggressively with God in this prophetic hour. We we can't be hiding. We can't be shrinking back. Not right now. We got to stand our ground and by faith, by grace and faith, we've got to take the steps and walk according to the pattern that he has set out for us. We have to agree more aggressively with God. He is in our circle of influence. We are in his circle of influence. Boy, that would be fun to share a teaching on how we get to influence God. I'm not going to do it right now. But you even have influence with God. You can check me out and check out the scriptures and make sure I'm not making up something. I'm not making it up. But we have influence with God. You trying to tell me that you don't have influence where you live, work, learn, and play? I'm here to tell you, you have more influence than you think. More influence than you think. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled With unfailing love. When we position ourselves to agree with God by receiving light. Specifically, I'm talking about receiving light through his word. That is one of the things that we have to do. Oh, as I'm in your word, you are doing that thing where you're filling me, where I'm receiving your mercy. I'm receiving your compassion. I'm re- being reminded of how to conduct relationships. I'm going to be slow in anger. I'm going to be somebody who practices and who commits to creating cultures where love is the standard. The love of God is the standard. Have you already done this where you live, work, learn, and play? Have you already called a family meeting and said we need to define some things up in here some of you are hearing on that level I can I can sense that you're hearing on that level but to position ourselves to agree more aggressively with God I want you to even see this as I'm gonna use this term and I mean it in a biblical sense self-compassion I need the Lord's influence in order to even have any kind of boldness to stand up here. I have to receive that for myself. And then it's easy to get up and say, "Y'all, look at look at my weakness, look at my <laughs> look at how weak I am, and look at the mercy of God, look at the strength of God." Oh, that kind of makes me sing. I want to be good. You might need to remind yourself daily in your time in the word or in some other devotional moment that you are the light of the world and that Jesus said that. This is not some humanistic message. You are not the center of the world. I am not the center of the world. Jesus is the center of the world. And he said, he said, you are the light of the world. Or we could remember what the scripture tells us in Philippians chapter two, verses three and four. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. That's how you work it out in your circles of influence. You're looking out for everybody's interest. What's her interest? What's his interest? What's, okay, my wife, okay, what about bridge? Okay, well, what about, oh, okay. Well, Lord, give me insight. Give me clarity on that. I want, if you're doing it, Lord, I want to be, I want to partner with you, Holy Spirit. I want to partner with you in releasing compassion and releasing mercy and releasing unfailing love in the circles of influence that you have put me in. Because I know that pleases you. This physical distance stuff that we're in does one or two things. This is my opinion. I think it either makes the heart grow fonder or it desensitizes. I'm going to say it again. This is why I think you, you can let me know how you're feeling about this. But I feel like it either makes the heart grow fonder, like where I'm like, oh, oh, I want to hear what God is doing. I want to. I want updates on this. Oh, I wish I could see this person. I wish I could give him a high five. Either it makes us do that or say, oh, I've got to call such and such. Either it makes us do that or it makes us go like, deuces. Loneliness was a huge problem before the pandemic before the pandemic, and the air, the zeitgeist, the times, I feel has poured gasoline on it. I don't know if you were, were, were around for this, but there was a time when we did a series called The Journey of Friendship, and in that series, uh, there was just so much feedback, but one of the things I re- remember sharing was the rise of companies, businesses offering friendship as a service, How in Britain, they started a ministry just to combat the loneliness problem, the government to combat loneliness. Can you imagine what's happening right now? I want to equip you I want to encourage you yeah to receive light but I want to encourage you to go into your circles and I want you to have an ego eye focus I want you looking at and looking for loneliness and I want you looking for anxiety I want you looking for these things because they are escalating right now in this time it's part of what makes the time dark I want you Jesus follower light of the world to go looking for anxiety and tell anxiety hell no you got to go In Jesus name, that is not God's plan. Anxiety and loneliness, all the things that associated with those, that's not God's plan. Lonely people, when we're lonely and when, and, and, and when we feel forgotten, sometimes it looks like people are just acting out. Are you, are you around people right now who are just acting out? You might want to just take a second look and say, well, maybe, maybe it's not really about that. Maybe it could be about loneliness. Are there people in your circles, I put it like this, acting the fool right now? Maybe this person in one of your circles feels forgotten in some way. What small thing might God be leading you to do to make sure they know they are seen, they are loved? These are the kind of times when it's easier to forget people and to feel forgotten. And I want to equip us with that so that we're on the lookout. Some of us, we can say, I, Pastor, I can see that in myself right now. If I can see that in me, then I'm, I'm sure that the people I'm connected to are experiencing some level of this or being tempted with it or whatever. But if you can see it in yourself right now, then you're like, yeah, okay, I need to talk to God about this. I, I, I know what next steps I can take. But as for our circles, those who are connected to us right now, we get the privilege of serving as Jesus in these various circles, we get to be his hands, his feet, and get to say, yeah, I'm feeling that way too. Let's pray together. Let's take some next steps of faith together. Let's gain strength together. You guys have heard the expression, out of sight, out of mind. I ain't seen you. I ain't heard from you. I don't care about you. That is the path that many people are on right now. And that type of thinking ah, is dangerous thinking. That stinking thing, and at least a lot of other stuff that we've covered here in our time at the bridge. We don't even want to talk about it this morning. Watch out for it in your circles. Because you know where it leads. You'll know what to do as you pray and consider what you can do to be an encouragement. Again, I believe that what is meant to bring out the worst in us, God will use to bring out the best in us. I believe that. and And... I'll save that for later. I want you to do this with me. I want you to do this with me. I want to do this exercise. There are people in our circles who need that mercy and compassion extended to them from us. They need that from us. And so I want you to just do me a favor. You can close your eyes if you want to. You can just still stay calm and collected. Just, But I want you to use your mind, to use your thought, to use your memory. And I want you to go to your home circle, your home circle of influence, your family, your extended family circle, people you call family but don't have the same last name as you. I want you to go there. Maybe on your street, that neighbor next door, two doors down. Maybe it's in your apartment complex. I want you to visualize that. I want you to go there. Is there someone Holy Spirit is highlighting that you can extend God's mercy and compassion to? Take note of that. Let's go to the next circle. Let's go to work. Think about those supervisors, those bosses, those colleagues, those contractors, those staffers. Is there someone there you can extend mercy and compassion to? take note of it. Okay, now think about your bridge family, your church. Think about your school, your buddies, your teachers, your professors, administrators, staff. Is there someone there you can extend mercy and compassion to? Who could receive that from you? Who would want to receive that from you? Okay, go to your recreational buddies, your 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 golfing buddies, your bike riding buddies, your scrapbooking buddies, your neighborhood park playdate buddies. Is there someone there you can extend mercy and compassion to? Take note and allow God's Spirit to lead you to write phone calls, FaceTimes, text messages, whatever is appropriate for the uh, different relationships you're. Wanting to see and just express care. And you don't have to worry about compassion fatigue. I know sometimes I think about that for myself, but God is always faithful. He looks at the heart and he directs from there. You might feel like so relationally thin and stretched. I get it. But God, if we put it out before him, Lord, I see that you're calling me to agree more aggressively with you. He will give you an idea. And it just fits and just lines up. And though when you're applying that idea, though it gets messy at times, it's supposed to, God is worth it. God is worth it. Don't worry about compassion fatigue. Don't worry about, I don't have enough this. I don't have enough that. Those grips that run through our mind or sometimes that run through my mind that make me say, oh, I'm not going to do anything because I don't think I have enough to do. No, 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 no. Thank God I don't have enough, but I know who does. (laughs) I just take it to him. Oh, it's almost like as we're pressing in and agreeing more aggressively with God, I can hear people in your circles of influence saying about you, my relationship with Christ got stronger through this pandemic because of that person, of you. Just that small act of kindness, those small acts of mercy and compassion that let people know that we're thinking about them, not because we're so great, we're not God, but because we're thinking about it, we are with a God who is thinking about them who is man, that you are mindful of him, that you are thinking. God is always thinking about us. We're always on God's mind. And when we're hanging out with God, he will put someone on our hearts or mind, and all we have to do is just reach out. In a second, we're going to close in prayer. We're going to worship. We have God's word, God's spirit, and God's people, and so many other resources that God has given us to help us agree with God more aggressively in this prophetic hour. God has all the wisdom that we need. Let's look to him and continue receiving from him so that his wisdom flows through us to all those connected to us in our circles. Let's close in prayer. Jesus, we look to you. Help us embrace, help us to agree more intentionally, more passionately with you, with who that you say that we are so that we make the difference only your people can make by your spirit so that people come to know you for themselves. Oh, Lord, to get to be a part of the incredible harvest of people who love you and who receive your love, what a privilege and honor it is. We look to you for wisdom, guidance, and direction. We receive it in Jesus' name, amen.